We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. Just a note to the listeners as you are listening to today's podcast. This morning when I came to work, they were doing construction outside of the building and they're using one of those pounding machines to pound the dirt into the ground. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is going to be really loud and obnoxious. I'm going to do my best to minimize the sounds of the pounding as best I can. But as I was talking with my guest today, it really helped me embrace the pounding that was going out on outside and to realize that as much as we want things to be perfect, life is not always perfect. And yet there's still a lot of value that can come out of it. So as much as I wanted to eliminate all the pounding sounds, I, I wanted to embrace what it is that's happening today and, and realize that it's just, it's an example of moving and being flexible and embracing what is happening without the anger and the frustration and those mutated emotions that I talk about often. And to just embrace it is what it is and to be mindful and try to accept it for, for how it is. So hopefully it won't be that disrupting to you, but just be aware that there might be a little bit of pounding in the background and it's because of the construction. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Finding Peace podcast. This is a different format than the traditional Finding Peace podcast where I tell a story and then answer a question. And the reason why it's different is because today I have a wonderful person with me, Andrea De Leon. She is a nutritionist. She calls herself a food freedom specialist. And she has an amazing story that we're going to hear about in just a minute. And she she talks a lot about how we can take care of our, our bodies with nutrition and how we see ourselves. And it fits right into the work that we talk about with the Finding Peace podcast. So welcome, Andrea. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. That's so exciting. Tell me, tell us your story. I would love to hear your story. Oh boy, that's a <laughs> it's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, but yes, okay. So, long story semi short. I won't tell you all the details, but um, I pretty much I grew up. I'm Venezuelan, so I was born in Venezuela, and I grew up really in a family where you know I don't want to say all Venezuelans are generalized or anything like that, but a lot of the culture was just. I felt that I had to look a certain way in order to be loved, in order to be accepted, in order to feel like I was enough. I had to be thin. I, everyone in my family had fake breasts. Everyone had, you know, everything was like, everyone always took care of themselves because you had to look there. It was, it was all about the image, right? That you mm -hmm. had to portray. So for so long, I saw that as a child, I went into high school and I started doing modeling. I started doing pageant shows and all these different things. And the pressure to look a certain way kept building up, building up, building up. And I, it, it, came, it came to a point where I remember the first time ever that I 
made myself throw up after eating a birthday cake because everything was just so much about dieting and I felt so guilty for doing anything outside of it. Mm. So long story short, I went to college. It became a very, very bad eating disorder. I was going to go into a rehab center, but as soon as I stepped foot in it, I was like, this is, this is not for me. I can't be here. I need to do something to better myself. I was in school for engineering because that's what I was told would bring me money because I was told nutrition or whatever I was passionate about would not, mm. not give me, uh, bring in any income. So I decided to, I was three years into engineering, biomedical engineering, and I dropped my major and I went into nutrition because I was like, I need to learn what's going on with my body. I need to learn how to feed myself. I need to learn how to do this in a way where I can fix whatever's going on with me and help other people as well. So I became a nutritionist. I went so, so deep into personal development, Tony Robbins, like all these different things, the whole nine, so, so deep into personal development to heal myself. And even as a nutritionist, I was giving meal plans. I was doing all these things. I felt a little bit better, but I was still binging here and there. I was still numbing through binging. And I couldn't figure out what was going, like, why can't I stop binging? Why do I have such a bad relationship with food? And why isn't, why am I not able to help my clients either? My clients aren't getting any better. And then I like, and I started realizing they know to eat vegetables. They know what they have to do, but why aren't they doing it? There's so much more to food, right? It's that psychological, the emotional aspect of it. So then I went into way more into psychology, emotions. I started studying all that like crazy. I got obsessed with it. I got obsessed with self-love because I realized that when you love yourself, all that shifts because you don't want to treat yourself that way, right? right? So that's a, a long story short. I'm now in a place that I never thought I would ever be in a million years. I never thought I would have this relationship with food. I never thought I would have this relationship. And, and that goes with everything in life, right? With, with my husband, with my family, with finances, with everything. Once I was able to shift that, which was the, the core root of it was in my belief systems, in my emotions, in my, it just, it shifted everything else in my life. And so I now coach women on it. That's a great story. Thank you. I'm wondering what it took for you to shift that. To shift into a place of self-love. Yeah. What did it, yeah. What did it uh, take for you to shift those stories? What were the stories that you were telling yourself before? And then what did it take for you to shift those stories? Yeah. So definitely that I'm not enough, Mm. that I'm not worthy, that if I don't look this way, no one will love me. And I know that, you know, at our core as humans, we all just want love and to be accepted. And so I thought that if I didn't look that way, if I didn't lose the weight, I would, no one would ever love me or accept me. Mm. So to shift those stories, really first, it took acceptance, accepting where I'm at, because as long as we're fighting with where we're at, we're not going to get past it. Right. So it took a lot of accepting okay, cool. This is, you know, I did the best I could with what I had in the past. Mm. We're all doing the best we can with what we have. And it led me to this. And that's totally fine. I had to have so much compassion for myself, surrender, release control, right? To get to that place of acceptance. Mm -hmm. Because now that I'm accepting where I'm at, I can now focus where I need to go. Because if I'm in a place of 
I hate my body. I hate my body. I hate my body. I hate the fat that's on my body. I hate the way I'm eating. All I'm manifesting and all I'm continuing to focus on is the fat on my body and the way I'm eating and all these different things. And so what we focus on expands, right? So the more I focused on it, the worse it was. So the, the, what I first, the first step to shift everything and shift the stories was accepting it. That doesn't mean, and when you accept, that doesn't mean you have to like it. Right. Right. It's, and that's a really important point to make because I feel like a lot of people are, well, they're like, well, if I accept it, then I'm just going to stay where I'm at. And I don't like where I'm at. That doesn't mean that I, you know, I had to accept that. Yes, this is where I'm at. Now let's focus on where I want to go. And it's fine. I don't, I don't have to like where I'm at. And I can, and I understand that I would love to walk this earth on a lighter frame, whatever that might be and feel more energized and feel better and feel more love for myself. But, but yes, that was the first step there. I talk to my clients a lot about, there's two philosophies. There's the Western philosophy and then the Eastern philosophy, and they both have merit. The Western philosophy is uh, we, we have to work hard for what we want. Um, if we have to set goals and, and then work hard to get those goals and, and it's achievement based. There's a destination we want to get to and we have to work really hard to get there and that's really kind of how the united states was founded was that that kind of let's set some goals but the eastern the eastern philosophy is is that yin and yang like there's a part of me that i know wants to change and there's a part of me that i need to just accept for where i'm at right now Mm -hmm. if i can just accept where i'm at today the Eastern philosophy is if we can just work on accepting where we are today, then that will help us in the future because we're not shaming, we're not beating ourselves up, all that. We're just accepting where we are today, which I think freaks out the Western philosophy people because they're like, well, then you're just accepting that you're never going to change. You're just going to accept that it's yeah. like this. And, and, and that's really not the philosophy. It's like, no. I do want to change. There are things that I know I want to improve, but I'm going to work on being where I'm at today and accepting that today's where I'm at. And maybe tomorrow I'll be in a little bit of a different place. It's a very different philosophy that I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around. Yes. It's not complacency. Right. It's, it's accepting so you can move forward. It's letting go of those daily thoughts of like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really, for me, getting to that place of acceptance felt like a huge deep breath. Honestly, it, it felt like such a relief of just, wow, I don't have to fight with myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I can just, I can love myself where I'm at, but also just focus on where I need to go. Right. Yeah. That fits so well with what we talk about with finding peace. There's different layers. There's different rings of the finding peace model. And on the outer outer part is the numbing where we're engaging in all those numbing behaviors and in the inner at the very core is what we believe about ourselves yes when we change that it changes how we manifest on the outside so yes i love that so much that's exactly the work that i do so that's that it's it's why it's so great that we connected because it's really it's the same thing we're both but yeah with what i like to teach it's the same thing and and when you look at nutrition it was same thing was happening when I was giving meal plans. We're trying to change the numbing behavior by just changing that like very surface level. Let's just behavior change, behavior change here. Just eat this. Just eat, just keep restriction. Just the restriction continues to cause overconsumption. You haven't, 
healed anything actually deep inside. You're just trying to change the behaviors without really addressing the root. Yeah, you mentioned when we were talking at the beginning that you don't give meal plans anymore. No, I refuse to give a meal plan. Say more about that. What do you do instead? Tell, Tell me more about that. Yeah, so now it's just more coaching. I will not give a meal plan because I realize that Again, like I just said, restriction causes overconsumption and any sort of meal plan, unless, of course, like there's people that are diabetic, that are mm-hmm. all these different, if it's a medical thing, then that's, that's, you know, that's fine. And I was trained in that clinical side as a nutritionist, but it's still, it's not my passion anymore. So I just don't really like to do it. Yeah. But I found that every time that I'm giving a meal plan to a woman, because I mostly do work with women. Anytime I give a meal plan to a woman, then it's this perfectionist mindset that all or nothing, Mm. if I I have to be on track and I have to restrict myself to the other things that are not on the meal plan. And if I don't, then, well, I screwed it up. Let me just eat everything. And then you end up binging, right? So all these, all these modalities, I've just found it, it, it puts us in a state of scarcity, in a scarcity mindset. And so, and when you're in that space, of I can't have it, it makes you want it more. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I work a lot with addicts, and if they relapse, they, it's so easy for them to say, oh, well, I failed today, so I might as well continue that, and then I can start again tomorrow. And I get that mindset. I, I don't have any judgment against that mindset, but underneath it, it's like you, you're seeing this as a failure. The message is, oh, I didn't do it right. I slipped. I, I wasn't perfect enough, and so I failed. So I'll just continue being a failure for the rest of today, and then I'll try again tomorrow. And that is opposite of the message that we're wanting to be able to have them connect with, is that I, I'm not a failure. I'm learning, I'm growing, I make mistakes, and I can keep trying. I don't have to give up today. 100%, and that's where compassion comes in, right? right. Compassion is so important. I've realized in everything and in the healing process, Shifting resentment to compassion is everything for others to be able to forgive others and to be able to do that for yourself as well. The biggest forgiveness that happens is within yourself. Right. And that's so hard. I think a lot of people, they have a hard time doing that. So let's say that you had a a new client who came in and she was dealing with a lot of body shame and and struggling with um, nutrition stuff. Where would you start with her? Where, Where would you go? Oh man, everyone's so different. So mm-hmm. normally we do do, so I have a program where I run them through, it's 12 weeks, modules, meditations, all these different things, because not just also a movement practice to be able to release emotions through movement. Oh, so uh, yeah, because it's not just, I can teach you anything and some who have, you know, everyone listening to this podcast can, can grasp this intellectually, but be able to really embody it and feel it in the body and feel right. that compassion for themselves and feel that self-love. For me, what's made the biggest difference there is the meditation to be able to now embody the, the, the learning, right? Mm-hmm. So with, with most women that I work with, I run them through this 12-week program and it always starts off with presence because a lot of women that are, that are coming to me, the reason that we're needing to do this work is because we're so disconnected from our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're so in our heads all day long and our minds just want us to survive and It's a survival brain that's just fear-based. And so we're up here all day. Um, And so it's more allowing them to get into the body at first. So getting present, which a lot of people haven't felt in 
in years. They don't, they don't know what presence even what aware. And so I'm like, okay, well, how were you feeling when you ate this or how were, or how do they don't know? They don't know. They weren't there. It's like an out of body experience for most people when it comes to binging and all those things and eating disorders. And I, and I completely understand that because I've been there for so long. So I know that the first thing is always awareness. So I always start them off with that. And then also feeling safe in your body. So feeling safe to come into the body and the importance of connecting with your body and feeling hunger signals again, feeling all these things that, you know, as, as we grew up, we were told you have to finish your plate or, you know, because people in Africa are hungry or, beca- or you know, whatever it may be, or to become big and strong, but now it's just making us big. So we, so you have to finish your plate. You have to. And so realize, so we don't feel hunger signals anymore because we've gone past them for so long and we don't feel fullness signals because we don't even know what that is. We just eat at noon because we're told we have to eat at noon, but do you, but are you even hungry at noon to eat lunch? You know, so understanding that and getting into the body and realizing, okay, what's my body telling me? Am I actually hungry? Am I not? Is it, what am I feeling? Am I feeling anxiety in my chest? And that's why I want to eat. So those are the first few things that I go through that are huge, that make all the difference. Yeah. Those are huge. (laughs) I can resonate with that. There's so many times that I find myself eating just because there's food in front of me or everybody else is eating when I'm really actually not hungry. Yeah. I'm full from before, but I'm just going to shove it in my mouth. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, being connected with our bodies and really being in tune, that takes a lot of practice. I I, I love how you, that's where you start first is just being in tune with your body. Yeah. Yeah. And from there, it's always that compassion, right? Because just like you said, it does take a lot of practice. So once you know it, to do it on a consistent basis does take time like there there's going to be times where there's chip on the t- chips on the table and you're going to eat them and and that's perfectly fine as well and you have and you realize okay why did i do that first it's always what's the intention behind consumption are you eating it because you're trying to numb something are you eating it because there's anxiety and now you're numbing or are you eating it just to enhance your human experience right like that's two completely different things but so it's it's going back to that learning from it okay cool there's a lesson in everything I learned from that. Nice. Now, now let's keep going and, and do better next time. Right. But that's where compassion plays in because it does, it does take practice. I love that. So there are people who talk about using food as fuel. And I think that's an amazing concept. I think it's easy to go into the extreme of I'm only going to eat food as fuel. That's one of those perfectionism things where I'm not, I'm not going to put any junk into my body that's not going to enhance it. And there are people that can live that way. And I am not one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, dude, I got to, there are some times that I want something that's definitely not nutritious. (laughs) So I love the way that you, you're able to say, look, this isn't perfection. This isn't black and white. Yes. Ideally we want to put healthy stuff into our bodies, but if you, if you don't one day, let's practice self-compassion. And let's take a look at what those intentions are. Why did I put that in my body? What was the intent? Exactly. And having exactly. that awareness. I, I love that. It's, I think that's so much easier to manage than this, this strict, can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And eat this ever again, never again. You can't ever put that in your body. 
Exactly. And it's just food is fuel, but it's, I mean, for me now, I just look at it as like, what really makes me feel good. Like when I go to eat something, there's times where I'm craving some chocolate. I don't, they're like, Oh, do you eat super healthy? No, no. I'm, I have, since I was so young, I had such a sweet tooth. Like I still have my desserts and my stuff. I just don't overeat them whatsoever at all. Like I have a little bit and I feel satisfied and I'm good. I know. I just know how to listen to my body. Right. But yeah, what you're saying is, is so true. It's so true. It's so, it's so nice to eat from a place of this is what feels good to me. This is what I know is going to give me energy. This is what shows love towards my body because nourishing your body is, is a form of self-love and self-care. It's just seeing, like you said, make adjustments as we go along. Like I, I now that I'm present and I'm aware of what's going on and I'm in my body, I can say, okay, cool. I had this waffle or something and I, it, you know, I felt kind of bloated. It didn't give me energy to do like everything that I want to do when, and it didn't, it didn't feel good. So now I know next time, this is how this makes me feel. I can choose either. I want to eat it or I don't, but I know that I want to have, I want to feel energized. I want to feel good. I want to feel alive. So once you eat from that place and even movement, like I love to exercise. I love to move because it makes me feel, it gives me energy. It feels good. So it's more from that place of feeling good. And then the body is a byproduct. Like, yeah, then you, you lose weight as a byproduct, but that's not the focus ever, ever. So we've, we've been talking a lot about just being in tune with our body. Can you say more about being in tune with the emotional side of things? How do we use food to numb the feelings that we're maybe feeling and, and how you teach your clients about what to do with the emotional side of this? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. So binge eating, like you said, is just a way to numb. It's just like drugs. It's just like, I don't know, social media, sex, whatever. It's just another way to numb. It's just another drug. It's just the most socially acceptable drug out there. Food is a way to numb. We, a lot of times it's, again, it's getting present and realizing, okay, I'm feeling anxiety. How do I feel anxiety in my body? I feel anxiety. Like I feel my chest. Every time I feel this, I feel like I don't want to feel it anymore. I want to numb. And so I shove food down my throat to shift my state, right? So now I've shoved food down my throat. It feels comfortable. It like kind of gets rid of the anxiety. Then I go into guilt and all these different things, but at least the anxiety is gone. So, you know, that's the role that food plays. So realizing that is, is huge because a lot of people think, I just don't have the willpower. I just don't have the willpower. It's not willpower. It's expanding our capacity to feel. So right now we, we feel a little bit of anxiety. We want to numb it and that's it. And we're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Where, what if we were able to expand our capacity to feel, we could feel more of the anxiety. We could sit with it and learn from it. Any emotion that's coming up is our body get, it's our, it's our body telling us something. It's information, it's lessons. And every time we numb, we're missing the blessing of the emotion completely. We're missing the opportunity for growth, for growth. When that emotion comes up, we can either grow or we can numb it and just stay right where we are or get, get worse, which we can have compassion for all of it. But I'm just saying, you know, we have that option. Yeah. So in the finding peace model, the, there's three layers that we focus on in the very, uh, at this core. So the first is pain and peace. That's the, that's the emotional wounds that have happened to us. And we want to address those and find out how, how to have peace amid the pain. 
The next layer is the negative core beliefs that we believe about ourselves as a result of the pain. And then the next layer are our emotions. And like you said, we live in a, a world where emotional tolerance is really small and we culturally don't allow people to to even express their emotions. It's not okay for you to be angry. It's not okay for you to be afraid. It's not okay for you to be sad. You just gotta figure out a way to check those out, especially if you're at work. Like you, you can't have emotions at work. You gotta shut those things off. Mm-hmm. And so like you identified food as, a, as an amazing way to numb all that. I don't have to feel that. So I love that you are really talking about we need to expand our emotional tolerance. Yes. We need to be able to sit with and identify what it is that we're feeling and name it and then give ourselves permission and space to be able to, to feel that, to journal that, to share it with a friend. We, I talk a lot about connection with people, uh, me reaching out and sharing what it is that we're feeling, finding healthy, safe places where we can share those emotions and just give ourselves permission to be able to express that and feel that because that gives us that gives us the ability to then start challenging, well, what's, what's the negative messages that are underneath my sadness? What's the negative messages that are underneath my anger? Let me check that out and get an idea of what it is and see if those are even accurate, because usually they're not. And then if we can figure out what the negative message is and change that to telling the truth, that, yeah, it's okay to be sad. I, 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 I had a bad day or it's okay that this happened. I am still enough. Even though this happened, I'm, I'm still enough. I matter. I can sit in that joy. I can find joy in that. And that feels so much better than a banana nut muffin and a diet. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That is, that's so perfect. And it's so true. Yeah, it really is. That is, that is everything. Being able to process those emotions, there's a reason they're coming up. So why is it? And then asking better questions, right? It's not like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? But, but okay, what is there to learn from this? Or there's, there's so many better questions to ask than just feeling, playing the victim. Right. Like I am. And so a, a lot of what I do is a, a lot of people then identify with these emotions. I am anxious. That's just who I, I am depressed. That's just mm-hmm. who I am. Right. And if that's just who you are and that's your identity, then your ego is going to do whatever it can to make sure it's, it's, it's right. And yep. to prove that you are depressed. Yes. We're right? looking for evidence to support that. Exactly. All the time. Yeah. It's going to look for so much evidence. So creating that space of I'm not depressed. Sadness is a feeling that I've, felt in the past, but it's not who I am. So now when there's that space, now we can heal because we can look at it for what it actually is. It's not, it's not a part of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you've been willing to be with me today. If people wanted to learn more about you or how they could work with you, where would they go? Yeah. So I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram at things Andrea says. I love that. I saw that today as I was looking up. I was like, that is a really cool thing to say. At, yeah. at things Adrea says. I, I love that. That's so <laughs> awesome. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there any other final things that you would love my audience to be able to hear? Is there any message that you really want them to be able to take away from today? I just really believe that at our core, we are so full of love and so we have so much potential 
And I remember when I was going through depression, anxiety, I mean, I was, when I was at my deepest, deepest with my eating disorder and all those different things, I was suicidal thoughts, everything, Mm. everything. I would never wish it on anyone. And it's just, I, I never saw my potential. I never thought I could do anything or I would ever get to this. So just knowing that you are so worthy innately, like we are here, we're innately worthy. We all have so much potential. Just know that and know that it's possible. Like it's, it's possible to get to the other side. It's possible to heal. It's possible to find peace. Yeah, there's hope. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that message. It's something that I try to help my clients connect with all the time. You don't have to keep living this way. And there is, there is hope. There's light. There's love. And mm-hmm. Let's teach you how to love yourself a little bit. Yes. Yes. Self-love is what really has made all the difference. It's no more inner critic, no more bringing yourself down. I call those the shadows of shame that just haunt us and follow us around and whisper. I love all your names (laughs) for them. I love it. Uh, They just, it's it's a way for me to be able to personify them and then say, look, you're talking to me. I don't have to listen to what you have to say because it's probably not true anyway. So I'm just. Yeah, that's not you. It's your shadows. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you know, I, at the beginning when I came to work today and I uh, heard the construction that they're doing outside, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to ruin the podcast. But I honestly, as we've been sitting here, it's, it's my desire to make sure that this is perfect. Like we got to make this perfect. And as I was sitting here, I was thinking, you know, this is part of life. Things happen and let's learn how to just accept it. And, and I'll try to minimize the disruption for the listeners as much as I can. But to me, it's kind of what we've been talking about. It's, yeah. Releasing perfectionism. Yeah. It's all perfect. It's going to be what it is. And, and I love that. So yes. Yes. Just embracing the sound. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome that you share that too, because we all go through it, right? We're all right. trying to like make things perfect and make it look, yep. <laughs> Got to release it. It is, we're doing the best we can. So Andrea, it's, it's been wonderful to, to meet you and to talk with you. I love the mission that you're doing and I'm sure you are making a huge difference in the lives of the women that you're working with and helping them connect with their core truth and their core values. So thank thank you. You You too. You too. (laughs) Yeah. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. Well, have a good day. Take care. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to TroyLLove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace 5-Day Challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a 5-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.